During a major procedure like heart surgery, it's common to lose a substantial amount of blood. But what are the possible complications of blood loss and what can be done to prevent it? Let's talk about it with Dr. Charles Clodell, a cardiothoracic surgeon at Florida Heart and Lung Institute. This is Helmet of Health, the podcast from North Florida Regional Medical Center. I'm Prakash Chandran. So Dr. Clodell, tell us what kind of heart procedures could actually lead to a lot of heavy bleeding. Well, I think anytime you're having that level of surgery, any of the procedures really could could have significant blood loss. I think that uh, uh, it's imperative that you have meticulous surgical technique and that you're focused on uh, trying to prevent blood loss. We don't we don't want patients to get transfusions. Um, one of the things that we've put in place is a multifaceted blood conservation strategy which is really an entire team of people that are focused on preventing blood loss and preventing transfusions. So it's a very important part in cardiac surgery today to be very focused on blood utilization. And asking a very basic question, but why is losing so much blood a problem? Well, that's actually a really good question in that blood is is our essential uh, thing for life. It is what carries the oxygen to our tissues. Uh, We're all meant to walk around with a hemoglobin of 14 or 15, but not many people actually do. Most of us are a little bit iron deficient. Uh, Some of us have um, one or another health issue that leads to a little bit lower blood counts. But what we do have is what we're used to having. And so if you get surgery and whatever your blood count is, you come out at 80% or 70% of it, it's not as good as if you had all of it. And so we really want to be very focused on on not reducing the blood counts very much. Uh, and, and you say, well, why not just give everyone a transfusion and make them come out at exactly the same number? Well, every study that's ever been done, to my knowledge, shows that getting blood really isn't good for you. Now, it beats the alternative, which may be that the patient doesn't survive, but whether it's a cancer operation or a cardiac operation or whatever, the long-term outcome is adversely affected by needing blood. So if you get a surgery and you end up getting a transfusion, you want to know that you earned it. You want to know that the physicians and the team did everything they could to prevent it because it's not as good as not getting blood. You know, I'm curious, are there more? Are there patients that bleed more than others? Uh, and if that is the case, how do you identify those that are at risk prior to surgery and how do you deal with that before their operation? Yeah, so there are patients that um, are on medications that can really impact platelet function. Uh, These are uh, some of the antiplatelet agents above and beyond aspirin. Aspirin itself doesn't bother us too much. But then there are drugs like any of these anticoagulant medicines. Uh, And if you have to do an emergency surgery with some of these medicines circulating, it becomes a little bit more of an issue. We're prepared to deal with it but uh, it becomes a little bit more of an issue. Now, you say, how do you identify them preoperatively? Well, first you start with a good history and physical, talk to the patients, find out what they're taking. Um, On elective surgeries, we stop some of those medications some time interval before surgery, depending on how long it's gonna take the body to wash that out. Then secondarily, we test the patient's blood ahead of time. Uh, We do that with some very basic coagulation tests, and then we do it with some pretty sophisticated testing, like thromboelastography and things like that, which really give us an entire picture of the patient's coagulation cascade so we can know before we ever go to the operating room whether it's platelets or whether it's their plasma or whether it's their clotting factors or what it is that's likely to cause us problems and then develop the best strategy to ameliorate that problem. Got it. And you also talked about some of the strategies to conserve blood loss during the actual surgery itself. So can you maybe get into a little bit more detail about how that works? Yeah, it's all pretty technically nuanced. I don't, I don't want to 
get you down in it too much, but I will tell you that it starts with meticulous surgical technique and making sure that at every step of the operation, we don't lose a single red blood cell that we didn't absolutely have to. Uh, it starts with sometimes even before you go to the operating room, recognizing that a patient's blood count is low and giving them some medications to drive that blood count up before their day of surgery so that instead of going to the operating room with, say, a hematocrit of 28 or 29, maybe they go in with 37 or 38 because you've given them a couple weeks of a medication to drive it up. In the operating room for cardiac surgery, if we have to use the heart-lung machine, we're going to try and do what we can to sort of allow the patient's own blood to prime the pump lines and drain off some of the extra crystalloid or clear fluid that's in it so that we don't dilute their hematocrit too much. Uh, we're going to make sure at the end that we have meticulous hemostasis, meaning that there's no bleeding when we close the chest because it doesn't do us any good if we come to the ICU after having done a great operation and conserved blood, but then the patient bleeds in the ICU out the chest drain. So we make sure all of that's there. Uh, the anesthesiologist can do some things where they help take some of the patient's blood before we give the blood thinners in the OR that we have to give, and they can kind of keep it connected to the patient and then reinfuse it at the end almost as like supercharged blood because it didn't get exposed to some of the heart-lung machine and some of those kinds of things. And what about post-operation? What measures are taken to reduce blood loss after a surgery? So once you're in the ICU, the main ways that people lose blood are first, we draw it out of them. Right? We send the lab guys in there with a rainbow color of tubes and they, they start drawing blood all the time. And so we try and minimize blood draws to only the labs we absolutely need to make sure the patient's safe. We try and do it in smaller tubes and only fill them partway if needed, just enough so that the machines in the lab can run the blood samples. Um, we will give the same medicines that we will give preoperatively to drive the blood counts up. We'll give them postoperatively if appropriate. And what those medicines basically do is make the patient's own bone marrow produce more cells. And so it just kind of revs it up. It's just like stepping on the gas pedal in your car. It's going to make the bone marrow churn out some more cells a little bit faster so that they recover that count a little faster and we don't have to give them someone else's blood. That's Dr. Charles Clodell, a cardiothoracic surgeon at Florida Heart and Lung Institute. Thanks for checking out this episode of Helmet of Health. Head to flheartandlung.com to get connected with the provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks and we'll talk next time. Thank you.